Hey there. Before we start, here's a note about the following episode. When I first started this podcast seven years ago, not only did I cover the early Lee Kirby issues, but I also started doing episodes about the then-current Jonathan Hickman issues. And I did this for five months until the book was canceled and it was replaced by a book called just FF. And since, as I say in every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, I wasn't sure if FF qualified as an issue of the Fantastic Four. Or is it something else? Is it a spin-off? Like the Fantastic Force? So FF ran for a year until the Fantastic Four came back with issue 600, which means that FF was the Fantastic Four all along. Or so I thought, but they kept publishing FF at the same time they were publishing Fantastic Four, meaning it's not the Fantastic Four, it is a spin-off book. So basically they just skipped 11 issues of the Fantastic Four, went straight from 588 to 600. So anyway, back to this episode. It was recorded on November 20th, 2010. But a few months ago, I took it off my podcast feed, and now I'm putting it back up here where it belongs for the first time. So I just thought I'd explain to you why it sounds so different. I haven't picked up a drug habit or anything, it's just that's the way I guess I sounded seven years ago. So, by the way, don't worry about the quality. It's the same quality you can expect from a more recent episode. Low. Low quality. I'm still trying to figure out this podcasting thing. You're listening to episode 584 of the Fantastic Forecast. Welcome to episode 584 of the Fantastic Forecast, the world's longest-running Fantastic Four podcast, a podcast devoted solely to the adventures of the Fantastic Four. I'm Dave Elliott, and I like cheese. In every episode, I'll be discussing a different issue of the Fantastic Four. In this episode, I'll be discussing FF number 584. Most likely, I'll be proceeding in order from 584 to 585 and so on until I get issue 600 or so, or until I get tired and decide to give up. Most likely, this will occur after 587 episodes. So without further delay, let's proceed to issue 584. Three, part two. Congratulations, Mr. Grimm. You're handsome again. That's the title. Come on. He was never handsome. Writer, Jonathan Hickman. Art by Steve Epting. Cover by Alan Davis. Our story begins at 8.25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The thing is staring at his ugly face in the mirror, at his big, mutated head, which looks like he has a giant ass growing out of his forehead. He's been mutated by one of the High Evolutionary's machines. Reed told Ben that the side effects should not last very long, but for Ben they're lasting a little too long. But finally his weight is over, Ben's head starts to shrink, and soon he's back to the normal-looking thing we all know and love. At 9.15 a.m., Ben enters the kitchen and finds Johnny and a house full of creepy mutant children enjoying breakfast. 
One of the little mutant kids offers Ben a bowl of a combination of dye, sugar, and fructose, his way to describe cereal, which really doesn't make sense because isn't fructose used as a replacement for sugar? I don't know. And if they're using fructose and sugar, that's one hell of a cereal. Next time I go shopping, I have to remember to buy a box of Wham Pops. Ben wants to know where Reed is, and Johnny tells him he's off helping Sue pack. Sue's leaving soon to become some kind of special envoy to Atlantis. By 10.05, Sue is saying goodbye to her two young children. She says she only plans to be gone for a couple of days. Basically, she's just going to serve as a mediator between a couple of members of undersea royalty. But, as an added bonus, she gets to spend time with a certain hunky Atlantean king of the green bikini bathing suit. Reed, he's not going to be jealous at all, is he? 10.35. Ben is hanging out with Johnny and talking about this medicine he was given by the Future Foundation. He can take it, and it will turn him back to a human for one week every year. You know, this reminds me of a hemorrhoid that I usually get about one week every year, usually around Christmas time. And sometimes I get a pair of salad tongs, and I reach back, and I start... Huh, never mind, it doesn't remind me of that all at all. Well, anyway, Ben goes ahead, and he chugs down this medicine right then and there. Unlike all the other several hundred times we've seen him turn back into human form, this one is slightly different. All the rocks on his body start flying off into the air. Man, that's going to be one hell of a mess. When Ben asks Johnny how it looks, Johnny acts shocked and says it didn't work. He looks even worse than before. When Ben gets a look at himself in the mirror, he realizes that Johnny was just playing a joke on him, so he calls him an asshole or a motherfucker or some other appropriate foul name. Now that Ben is in human form, Johnny proposes that they go out and hit the town. I'm guessing that's code for, let's go get laid. Sounds like a good idea to me. And to Ben, it's a pretty good idea too. I'm guessing that orange rock-covered monsters don't get a lot of, uh, action. At 11.45 a.m., Ben takes a walk down the street, enjoying the anonymity that comes from being back in his unrecognizable human form. At 1.15 p.m., he goes to a football game. At 5.45, he has dinner with some of his friends, one of whom looks like Stan Lee. Or is that Willie Lumpkin, the mailman? At 6.30, he hops up on a parade float and sings, Twist and Shout! Okay, that doesn't happen, but this is Ben Grimm's day off, so anything is possible. At 8.30, he's playing poker with his friends, Johnny, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Bucky America, Nick Fury, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. I don't know what the hell is going on at this poker game. They're all laughing and holding a playing card up to their foreheads. It looks like they're all tripping on acid. By 10.35, Johnny and Ben are walking out to their car. They're approached by four men in suits, and Ben addresses them as the Yancey Street Gang. I've never seen the Yancey Street Gang looking like that before. Is Ben joking around? I can't tell. One of the guys offers Ben and Johnny an investment opportunity. He continues on about how they need to make a tax-deferred cash deposit. It's become obvious that these guys are just common thugs trying to rob the guys. I know they don't recognize Ben because he's in his human form, but don't they recognize the human torch? Well, anyway, Ben Grimm may not have superpowers now, but he still punches the shit out of the lead robber. Meanwhile, out in the Pacific, Sue Storm is arriving at an island called Utopia. She's greeted by Cyclops from the X-Men, who she seems friendly with, and the White Queen from the Hellfire Club, who she's not so friendly with. Cyclops informs her that one of her the dignitaries is waiting for her. It's, it's Namer, 
decked out in his 1970s black, less revealing costume. He's got the X-Men logo on his belt buckle, so obviously he's become a member of the X-Men. Does that make sense? I don't get that. So anyway, he's glad to see Sue. I suppose he's going to take another stab at getting into her panties. Back in New York at 11.07 p.m., the robbers in suits have been beaten up and Johnny and Ben are getting in the car. They speed off to parts unknown. They pull up in front of a building. Ben seems nervous about something. Johnny tells him to buck up and go through with it. So Ben steps up and rings the doorbell. The name tag on the door beside the doorbell says, Masters. So he's either paying a visit to the puppet master, unlikely, or Alicia Masters, very likely. A redhead answers the door. Uh, she looks nothing like any version of Alicia that I've ever seen, but I suppose it is Alicia. She recognizes Ben's voice and reaches up and touches his face, and is very pleased that he's back in his human form. I guess she doesn't have the uh, fetish rocks anymore. Back outside, Johnny is watching from a window as Ben and Alicia start getting it on. What a perv. He seems pleased with himself, which is kind of odd considering that he used to be married to Alicia, or at least he thought he was married to Alicia. A little later, at five after midnight, Reed is using the telescope on the roof and looking at some kind of energy bleed in space. Someone shows up behind him and says, You have more pressing matters than stargazing this evening. Reed turns around and it's the Silver Surfer. Reed asks how he is and Surfer says, Angry! He explains that he found something hidden deep in the earth. It was the remains of Galactus from the future. And he just knows that the FF were somehow involved in his death. And Reed is like, okay, I can explain. And Surfer is like, dude, you don't have to explain to me. Tell it to my boss. Reed looks up, and uh-oh, it's trouble. It's Galactus. Now the shit's really going to hit the fan. Maybe there will be some action in the next issue, or adventure, or maybe at least an exchange of harsh words. So far, Ben punching the robber in the face was the only action in this so-called adventure comic book. What happens now? You'll have to wait a month for episode 585, part three of three. Is that a terrible name for a storyline or what? Thanks for listening. If you want to email me a question about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you just need relationship advice, you can reach me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can also check me out at podcastff.blogspot.com. I have a letter from one of our listeners. Allie Carter of Bangor, Maine writes, I just read issue 584, and I was wondering if, through some miracle of science, you could drink a potion that would make you handsome for one week a year, what would you do? Well, Allie, first of all, I resent the question. Second of all, I would stop dating the blind people that I usually date. I would also stop dating the circus freaks and the amputees, especially the amputees. And I'd start hooking up with models. And I'd get a job as the commercial spokesman for Old Spice Deodorant. And I'd attend my high school reunion. Did I mention I'd hook up with models? Well, anyway, that's all I have for today. See you later, folks. Three. It's the magic number. Somewhere in that ancient mystic trinity, you get three. It's the magic number. In the past and the present.
Because in the future, faith and hope and charity, in the heart and the brain and the body, you'll give you.